Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, It is the end of the month, so you know what that means. It is our patron-decided topic of the show. So we're going to be talking about uh, a little little topic that the, the patrons voted on. It's a good one. I think it's going to have some good discussion. Um, we're also going to talk about, you know, well, I've got a thing to talk about, and then we've got some games to talk about. But, uh, yeah. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Skibbity but Nope, I couldn't do it. Skibbity Bebop. <laughs> Josh McMullen, and I'm joined as almost always as... Oh, God, I can't read. By one of the two in my crew. I, Dylan Penultimate Peptide Martin. You just tried your hardest to make my life as difficult as possible. Mm. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I think I just got whiplash because uh, I was sitting here, I was scrolling through Game Pass shit on the... Uh, PC and the fucking jolt I had, like my reaction probably looked like I got shot, dude. When I saw Death Stranding is on Game Pass. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, that's wild, huh? That blew my fucking mind, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Uh. my god. Coming soon to Game Pass, Uncharted. Coming oh Oh my. That would be something. That would be something, dude. Sony finally gaming. They gave up on the on the we're better than you front. Yeah. Uh, God. Could you that would be nice. Where Sony's like, we'll stop blocking the deal if you agree to let us buy Microsoft for you know, whatever Sony has. Like or something. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically non existent. Yeah. Uh, truly i mean that is kind of cool though i never expected to see that on there yeah yeah that's true i i i don't know it's weird uh because i feel like um i feel like Death Stranding was a sony exclusive right or was it yeah no i guess it was timed right I think it was uh, 505 Games were the ones who published it for PC. So that would make sense why it's on Game Pass PC. Because I don't think it's on console. I have no idea. I'm I'm about to look this shit up. Game Pass console. Uh, Wait, why did I type it in like that? I should have typed in console Game Pass. Um, Okay. No, uh, console games. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Uh, Death Stranding. Yep, not on console, but is it on PC? I mean, I know it is, but yep, it's there. I think I think it strictly is because the console version it was published by Sony, and the uh, PC version was published by Five Hundred Five Games. Gotcha. That's so wild. Yeah. Sony said, fuck you and your consoles, but you can have it on PC. Yeah. I'm doing good. 
Okay, good, good. I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> How was the? I assume you went to the gym today. <clears throat> uh, n- no. So weird. Not weird, dude. I can't walk, and I can't walk because I um did leg day yesterday, and I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm in a good place right now. Oh, if I'm being real with you, I feel that I'm not hurt, but. Have you ever seen a baby giraffe walk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I walk every time I do leg day. There you go. <laughs> so, and I know, think, fucking Christ, I am off tomorrow. I know tomorrow is going to be worse because I did this. See, this is what scares me. All right, what what is yesterday? Yesterday I was off, so yes, yesterday was leg day. I, the second day, the day after, normally perfectly fine. Normally, I can walk around like a normal human being. Then the third day, that's my sore day. Getting <coughs> into the fourth, that's my sore day. The fact mm. that day two, I'm sore, not good. I don't even want to know what's going to happen for the next few days. But I, I go back tomorrow for chest day. So, you know, outside of using a little leg drive on some pressing shit, I don't have to really use my legs that much. But I, quads are sore, hams are sore. I'm fucking. I'm a broken man. Why oh. do you go to the gym to feel broken? So that then you can eventually feel better about yourself? Question mark. Uh, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of really feeling myself right now, and it, it might be the new haircut. But at the same time, like I just kind of did like a, a year's recap for myself, mm-hmm. and in this year's recap. I thought, like, I've just now been going to... I'm going to call it a real gym. Fucking Planet Fitness is fine, but, like, this is... This is like a steroid gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's always those little, like, kind of, like, small, like... Yes. Hole-in-the-wall gyms where, like, the the really serious people are. You go to Planet Fitness when you're, like, overweight yeah. by, like, 20 pounds and you want yeah. to feel better about yourself. You hear that song on TikTok when you go into Planet Fitness, the one that goes, like, do 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 do, 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 do. Like that's that's Planet Fitness in my mentality. But yeah. you walk into my gym and it's fucking thrash metal, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I kind of did a, a year's recap, so I've been at my gym now for a year now. Before that, it was all Planet Fitness, and I can safely say that up until this last year, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing because when I finally started going here and I started watching all the other people, I'm like, oh, there's like. I hate to say there's levels to this shit, but there really is. There's, like, routines I need to be doing. There's ways I need to be eating. There's things I need to be taking um, in order for me to do what I want to do. And what I want to do is not to lose weight. I don't fucking care about that anymore. I've come to terms with I'm going to be a big guy. Like, I'll lose Mm -hmm. some weight naturally with doing this. But my goal is to be as strong as I can. Like, I – that's – I've – I've always – I think in my life I've ran away from the fact that I'm really big. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But over the past little while now, I guess I've changed my mentality to be like, fuck it. I am who I am. Let's fucking work on it. And uh, that's what I've been doing in this this past year. Like, I've battled a hernia surgery that I didn't even know I had for fucking years, truly. Shocking mm-hmm. if you didn't know that out there. But, yeah. Um, so I... I and that was I was going to the gym with a hernia didn't even know like I know you can be wondering well how do you not know trust me no yeah I'm an idiot 
I'm a fucking idiot. Because um, I was deadlifting like 300 plus pounds like on when I first started going and that did not help. But So I was set back critically from that. Like terribly. Like I went back to below square one somehow. Like I told Sabrina when I went back into the gym for the first time after that surgery, I felt like I was at my lowest of my low because I couldn't even my curling motions that shouldn't have been affected they they were and i was fucking crushed dude it's like i got sent back to preschool um and i hate i hate that because it's like i know what i'm capable of and i always try to go harder and then i hurt myself and it was after that surgery that i was like i need to take a step back and i said let's just do it the right way and from that day i started doing it the real way the slow way. I started watching more people on TikTok and YouTube that could help me with my workout routines. Like I watch different fitness influencers to see how they're working out and stuff. And I modify my stuff that I know I need to be doing for my size uh, by what they <coughs> um, And uh, shortly after I got into routine, I think I had COVID. Like I think in the span of this year that I'm talking about, I had COVID twice. So I had three huge setbacks. And each time I came back from COVID, it was worse than the last. And it was fucking awful, man. So after a surgery, two bouts with COVID in this year-long process, at a surgery took me out for two months. Um, I'm literally the strongest I've ever been in my life. I have the best routine formulated around what I'm doing. Like, I feel good about... Like, I still slack on what I'm eating with, like sweets and stuff if i have a yeah. drink but like i'm eating the food i know i need to eat to be bigger like bigger in the right ways like I yeah know yeah how to work out yeah and it's like i feel so good and a part of it was fixing my mental health like we talked about um and getting that on track because depression and anxiety and adhd mixed in with that is a nice little fucking you know little spice thrown in there um it fucking messes with your psyche, dude, like terribly when it comes to your self-image and perception and like that. So the fact that I've got it fixed too this year, like, you know, um, like looking at myself, I was talking to Sabrina about this the other day, like this is the best I felt in my life, dude. It's it's pretty incredible. <coughs> but I have to break myself in the gym to get there. That's that's where all this just stemmed from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I – man, I feel that 100%. I was uh... – I think I was in someone's stream the other day talking with them about, um, I think it got brought up because we were talking about, uh, how to deal with like kind of sitting at a desk all day. And, um, I was talking about how, like, I remember being in the gym and like, I would, I would push myself so hard. Like I would be like, just, I don't want to say killing myself, but like, I was definitely <clears throat> probably pushing it almost too hard. Yeah. And I would I would get home and I would be like I fucking hate myself. But then I would also be like the next day be like you know I what? I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then I would go back to the gym and do the same exact fuck. Well, not the same exact thing, but you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, fun That's a good feeling. It is. It is. I I love the gym. I just wish I wish I had time. I wish you'd come to mine. I really do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you want to see me 
in my little thotty shorts uh, Dude. doing squats. I need to see you on a leg press machine fucking pushing 6,000 pounds because you absolutely could. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, man. Dude, I used to be able to, to squat and like leg press so much. Yeah. I don't even know what I'd be able to do now. <clears throat> There's only one way to find out. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a Good. Saturday. Um, and the gym's usually quieter on a Saturday. I'll send you the Addy. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> so I watched Heat. Um. Is that about a dog? <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Uh, Heat is a crime film directed by Michael Mann. Um, originally released in 1995. <laughs> And stars Robert De Niro and Al Pacino playing a professional thief and detective in a game of cat and mouse with one another. Um, I remember watching this movie for the first time in like the late '90s when I was like entering the preteen age, and I remember liking it. But I think I caught it on like TBS or something like that, and it was like really heavily edited. <laughs> and then, yeah, because obviously, well, <clears throat> so the the famous thing about Heat is obviously like the the big bank heist sequence um and there is just like bullets and blood everywhere like it's just it's very very violent um so i'm sure that that was toned down a lot uh but then i, I rewatched it as an adult somewhere in like the 2012 2013 range <clears throat> and i just remember thinking like it was incredible uh so i bought heat 2 which was the book that michael mann co-wrote and released last year i think and i was like i remember the movie pretty well but i want to rewatch it before i start the book and you know whatever so i pulled up uh netflix the other day and noticed that it was there <coughs> and i think it was um i think it was a night that kayla was out at a concert and um and i watched it and god damn I was completely blown away, like, again. So, um, Heat is a movie that could literally have been made in any era and still be exceptional. Like, for a movie from 1995, it looks, sounds, and feels like it could have been released literally yesterday. Uh, it is, like, lavishly produced with some of the best-looking nighttime scenes ever put on film. Like, just period. Um... <clears throat> the opening of the movie, just as an example, is this sort of like static shot sitting at the end of like a um, a train platform. And you see the train just kind of rolling up to the platform. And there's just all this beautiful like blue light and smoke. And it just, it looks incredible. And the whole movie is like that. Just full of these like deep blues and navies. And there's a little bit of purples thrown in there. And it's, also full of like all these real locations from LA that like you never see in movies, right? Like you always see stuff like Griffith Observatory or like the Santa Monica Pier, stuff like that. But I, I was looking into this because I've been like obsessed with this movie for like a solid, I, I'd say probably a week now. <clears throat> and I was reading that they used 85 real locations in LA and that less of 10 of them at the time had been previously seen in a movie or TV show which is not only like baffling, but also like it makes everything feel so like real and tangible. And it just, 
it, it gives this movie like this super realistic quality. Um, the acting is really all over the place, top notch. Uh, Pacino and De Niro definitely steal the show, though. Like the Pacino's performance, like it gets the memes. Like I'm sure you've probably seen it on like TikTok or like something where like he's like screaming, "She she had a great ass," or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, so like people think of like Pacino as, as being that kind of like manic guy and whatever. And like in some places, yeah, it is a little bit over the top, but I kind of, I kind of don't think the, the entirety of the performance is like the, the big central conflict for both of the characters is that they are struggling to conform with what they think they want and what they know they actually are. And you can see in Pacino's performance where Pacino is sort of like kind of, He's like mild mannered and sort of reserved when he's at home talking with his wife and his, st- uh, excuse me, his stepdaughter. But like when he's out in the field and he's doing the thing that he like loves, you know, he's like sort of um he he sort of comes alive and he's like manic and and like when he's doing the thing that he loves, you know, he's animated. Uh, De Niro, kind of on the opposite side of things is mostly pretty subtle in the movie but there are these explosions of intensity that you get and it's just sort of like this underlying like simmering almost like malice underneath a lot of what he's doing like the the scene with him and Edie at the coffee shop I think it is where she kind of asks him what book he got and he's like just very like rude to her and then like she kind of apologizes and then he's like Oh no 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 that's okay and you get the the feeling that like he's sort of like almost like toying with her it's i don't know it's it's really good um he puts up a front and it's it's all there right uh but the entire cast is great with Val Kilmer being great despite a relative lack of screen time and it, it kind of goes across the board for the whole cast like Ashley Judd William Fickner like Ted Levine there, there are all these like really, really great actors in there, and they're all wonderful. But they just, they, uh, unfortunately, they don't get, you know, a lot of the screen time that they deserve. I think. Um, but to kind of like get to the story, the whole thing kind of plays a lot like The Dark Knight, where you have like, and, and it's it's kind of funny because Nolan like specifically screened Heat for his team, um, but when they were making The Dark Knight. But it, it's kind of like the, the protagonist and the antagonist being two sides of the same coin. They're, like, both deeply into, like, what they do. And because of that, they don't have time to do anything else. Like, Pacino's family life suffers because of him being a really good cop and, and liking what he does. And De Niro's kind of pursuit of things that he thinks he wants in the end of the movie actually come, like, back to bite him in the ass. Uh, once he starts like pursuing her, he loses focus and things really just kind of like they start going downhill. Um, and what you ultimately end up with is these portraits of like loneliness and how that loneliness is like both a blessing and a curse. <clears throat> and I think it, it kind of reflects what filmmakers have to go through, which I think is kind of like where man is coming from. Like everyone has made their joke before about Inception uh, you know, being all about Christopher Nolan wanted to get back home to his kids. And it, like, the thing is, is, it's true. Like on these big 
massive blockbusters, especially in the case of Michael Mann, you're spending all this time away from your family. And it just, it, it takes a toll on you mentally. And there's like a, a, a sense of loneliness that is there for sure. Um, but like, I feel like he is like a perfect sort of encapsulation of what filmmakers ultimately have to see themselves go through where they're lonely because of what they do, but it's the only thing that makes sense to them. Like they know movies, they want to make movies. This is it. This is their sort of like, um, uh, I'm blanking on a word, but like it's their purpose in life. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, as it stands, I had given Heat five stars on my letterbox up up until this rewatch, uh, which meant that it sat in a group with about 20 other, 20 or so other movies that I gave five stars to also. And in my ranking system, five stars means perfect. Like there's nothing wrong with this movie. Uh, and that's not necessarily always the case because obviously no movie is actually perfect, but like he was in that group with, you know, flaws and all. And I've seen well over a thousand movies at this point, And for only 20 of them or 20 ish of them to reach that pinnacle is definitely an achievement. But on this rewatch, absolutely nothing dissuaded me from the five stars and actually probably even ranks higher for me. Uh, now, like he is a movie that I would call essential viewing Everything about it works. Even the absolute smallest of complaints that I could level it, like some of the cre- um, excuse me, characters not getting the screen time that they deserve, those little complaints don't matter to me because the rest of the movie is so astoundingly perfect that it's hard for me to take those small complaints into any sort of account. He is a perfect movie, and I think it could be argued that it is the best blockbuster, best crime saga, and just outright best film of the 90s. Michael Mann is known for making these visually stunning, like precisely made and psychologically evocative thrillers that stand up to almost any type of scrutiny that you can throw at them. And he is his masterpiece, just hands down. If you haven't seen this movie, I implore you, set aside just three hours of your day and just let it wash over you because there's absolutely nothing else in its league, period. It bothers me that you said no movie's perfect because now I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like even the movies that like, like my my favorite movie of all time is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right, uh-huh. that movie's not perfect. It, it just isn't. There are, there are little flaws in it that like, uh, they bother some people, but they don't bother me. So or like, even like animated movies too, right? Yeah, even even animated movies like okay. um because Into the Spider Verse is perfect. <laughs> in, Into the Spider Verse is, is fucking that's a five star movie for me also. It's great stuff, man. I'm very scared about the sequel. I like I have so much tempered yeah. expectation behind it. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to feel that too. But then you said greatest movie of the '90s, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Now I have to think of that because. Our- when was Twister released? I mean, honestly. Uh, Twister, I think, was 97. Oh, it's also a joke, but... Oh, okay. Twister's awesome, though. <laughs> it I is love Twister. really cool, but it's not competing with fucking Pacino and De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, I I know you don't watch movies, but I like. I wish no, but that I you... I do love both. 
I wish that you could set aside three hours to watch this, man. It's oh, it's one of my favorite movies ever made, period. Whew, that's a commitment. I know, I know. I can run a lot of strikes and uh, nightfalls. and uh... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying I could do that in three hours. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you meant just put heat on in the background while you're doing strikes. No. <clears throat> I'm not that kind of person. I would get frustrated that something's happening behind me, and then I gotta focus on my strikes. Mm. That's the kind of person I am. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. And who I do. What's the main topic? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna let you hang yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, main topic of the show. Um, this year, until relatively recently, uh, it has been a little light on like the massive AAA releases that everyone clamors for. And it's mostly been held down by like a ton of little indie titles. While there are obviously some big titles sprinkled throughout the first five months of the year, especially within the last two months for sure. Um, they've been kind of few and far in between. And so that got us thinking with AAA games, having their time to shine. When do any game or indie games really get any, there seems to always be heaps of praise on games like Resident Evil 4 Remake and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and when Game of the Year comes around, they'll undoubtedly be sitting at the tops of most people's list. This is it's unfortunate for several reasons, namely because indie games can very often be better and more innovative than the big titles that win the awards. Hell, you know, we gave Elden Ring our nod last year, which I think we fully stand behind, by the way. Uh, but our top 10 featured the likes of Immortality, Citizen Sleeper, Neon White, Stray, and Cult of the Lamb. And you could argue about Stray, whether or not it was like truly an indie game, but you know, whatever. Um, anyway, so we thought a great way to answer the question would be to talk about why indie games are getting their moment in the sun right now, and where they can go, and maybe even what indie games are going to enter our lists at Game of the Year this year. Uh, we also wanted to thank our patrons for letting us talk about this topic. And if you'd like to be a part of the conversation and help choose our monthly top Patreon topic of the show, then you go to, mm, you can go to patreon.com slash culture and toss us a pledge. We greatly appreciate it. Um, so I want, I wanted to kind of first pose the question to you. Do you think the indie games are unfairly overlooked? Yep. Okay, next question. Because uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm right there with you. I, I know that like part of the reason that we're doing this now is because Austin is way, but also it's because Austin just doesn't play indie games, right? Yeah, but this something I'm discovering more about myself the more that we do this uh, 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 piece of art that we call a podcast is that I am a big proponent of indie games and in i think it's becoming more of what i gravitate towards shockingly enough because um i fucking say that as i'm playing destiny and fifa so <laughs> that's hilarious but i was going through first off god bless game pass for their um inclusivity of a lot of indie games that i might not have ever heard of um but i was sitting with Sabrina the other day and I was going through Game Pass and she was browsing through her phone or whatever and I <coughs> was scrolling through like a lot of the games that had been recently added and I mean there were some bigger name titles in there 
ish kind of but the ones that i were that i was jumping back and forth between were a lot of the indie games and i wound up downloading a couple i can't remember uh what one of them was called but like i got uh that benedict fox game ready to go mm-hmm. yeah because that looks so cool um Damn, I really wish I could remember the other two. One is kind of like Harvest Moonish, so you know, Stardew. That's yeah. gonna be great. Um, and then is there's the something Homestead else. Homestead Arcana. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. Homestead Arcana. Yeah. And then I downloaded uh, uh Planet of Lana because that looks super cute. Oh, I think that's on my Steam wish list. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. So, oh, bada bing, mm-hmm. bada boom. It looks super cute, dude. And. I think that when indie games can tell such a compelling story with really unique um, art style, um, like I'll talk about, I'm sure, this in depth here in a few minutes, but like compare the story. Let me think of something that's released. Oh, I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't. mm, This might be a too soon type of thing, okay? okay? But. As a whole, I think the story from first to second game, Ori is better than Zelda Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh, that is a... I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but... <clears throat> I just think that indie games can tell such emotionally driven, passionate stories. I have never been a crier in video games but Ori broke me as a person in both games it broke me and it told such a beautifully crafted story that I wish more people had the opportunity to play it that's why I ranked so high when I revisited my favorite games of all time that's why I ranked so high and I think that truly they're so overlooked man because you know all these big names are in the spotlight and um like kind of what's going on in a lot of the younger players you know they're playing the fortnites and the apex and war zones and um i mean even the live service games like destiny overwatch 2 like games like that i feel like take more of a um uh i can't think of the word it takes more of like a like a standing in like the younger generation and then for like everyone else, you see all the big AAA games that are coming out or are being talked about. Um, like this year, we got Starfield, we got Zelda, we had, even though it's it wasn't, I Hi-Fi Rush is low key not. I know it was. It's not indie, but it's got it was, that kind of like feel to it though. Yes, um, but like, and Hogwarts came out this year, so like you have these games that get buried under stuff like this and. They don't have enough recognition. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, <clears throat> I know, I'm pretty sure Citizen Sleeper ranked either two or three. Oh, it us. made high. Yeah, and like I was shouting that game's praises like every, every fucking chance that I got. But like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear almost anybody talk about it like in the media. I don't even think I remember seeing reviews for it. Unless it was, like, maybe Polygon or Kotaku, which, like, you know, yeah. say what you will about Polygon or, or Kotaku, but, like, they're the only ones who actually give, uh, like, indie games any sort of, like, I don't know. Um, recognition. 
recognition yeah that's a good word for, or that's the word for it because um, like uh, th- that and like the really small sites but like nobody goes to those really small sites you know what I mean like nobody goes to yeah. push square so uh, but yeah um, I feel that man I, I and I think I agree with you it's like I mean like I said when we get to game of the year there, uh, Zelda's gonna win I don't, I don't even think it's going to be fucking close. The mm. only one that has a shot is Final Fantasy 16, and that's strictly because I see people looking at that as like a like a return to form for Final Fantasy, and that's why it'll Brother, get any sort of accolades. It only wins our game of the year if you and I agree on it, and both of us are probably not finishing the game. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> are you finishing it? No, no, I am almost definitely not. Oh my god, okay. I thought I was about to feel terrible, dude. Yeah, no, I am almost definitely not. We'll still, I, I said it on the we'll get on to that, okay, Instagram thing, but um, we'll do uh, we'll do the spoiler cast on Zelda, but like, yeah, I, I'll play more for that, but I don't know if I can finish this I'm shit. I'm not going to be finishing it. Yeah, I, I already know. Um, but I at least have it, and I enjoyed some time with it. But moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why why do you think that that unfair bias kind of exists? I I think I know why it exists in like the the general money. public because yeah, exactly money. Like y- you see, like with with the big AAA studios, they have the money to promote the game, but like smaller smaller studios, they just don't. And then. Like because there's the money to um, to promote it or what have you, the general public doesn't get to see, you know, something as great as you know immortality or citizen sleeper or Ori or you know or neon white or neon white. Yeah, neon white's a great example of that. Um, but yeah, at, you're probably right. It's probably just the money, right? I feel like truly it is just the money. Um, because if you, fuck, uh, what's, I don't even know how to, how to, how I really want to say this, but it's also the willingness to do it maybe because fuck Ori is Microsoft's Mm -hmm. like they have no lack of money and I will fight to my dying breath that it's one of the best stories that's on that fucking platform. Do they own the rights to Ori? Um, I don't know. I don't know either, but people talk about uh, talk about exclusive shit. No, because it's on. St- well, st- I don't know. Whatever. I don't. I. I don't think they own the rights to it. But, um, like Microsoft has the money to promote stuff like that. I don't know if that's necessarily indicative of the truth now because i don't think they have a huge stake in it now that i'm thinking about it because i feel like it's on every platform isn't it um yes i think i know i have it on steam oh it's on the switch and the switch pc and xbox what which you know microsoft plays nice with all those so that makes sense but it's not on playstation though yeah so it's. I feel like it's also the willing. Like if it. Um, what about Hades? Right? Hades, I think is is yeah very indicative of. Um, like to me, that's 
Who made that? Supergiant? Yep, Supergiant. And that's 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 small. Oh yeah, yeah. I would definitely call that studio indie. But then who look who published it? Right? I think Supergiant actually self published it. I could be wrong. Oh, didn't they? Hold on. I'm fucking um, what did... let me see. Hey. Do, 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 do. <coughs> oh, good. Yep, I'm a dumbass. Guess what I'm reading about right now? The fucking Greek god. <laughs> Let's no. see. Yeah, they self-published it. Oh, they did self-publish. I swear to God, I saw something. I don't know why. You're going to laugh at me, but I swear I saw Take-Two on here somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. There is no maybe. I don't know where the fuck I saw that. Oh, I could have been. Oh, I had multiple tabs pulled up. I was looking at something else. Never mind. My fault. My fault. My fault. But God damn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, if you look at Hades, though, like, I feel like that had really good marketing behind it. Oh, yeah. Like. I, I agree. More so than any other indie I think I can remember in recent history. I don't think there's another one that comes close. And they put the money behind it, and it was fucking super successful. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, they, so they started with Bastion, and I think. Um, oh, I forgot about that, dude. Bastion's fucking great. Yeah, and so they were already not riding the coattails. That's definitely not it. But they, it was kind of like The Witcher Three setting up for Cyberpunk. Like they already had people won over. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. That, Except they didn't know, drop the ball. <laughs> uh bastion and transistor um yeah. were both really really well received both like commercially and um critically i i don't know much about pyre to be honest with you um I don't but either. like probably from those first two alone like you were able to like build up enough money to be able to market hades in in such a yeah. Uh, strong way and not only that but like they they had the game in if i'm not mistaken they had it in early access for like the longest time that's true i forgot it was it was out before being out yeah so there was already a good fan base behind it that's true which is again that's marketing to me though oh yeah like for you're sure. letting your game get out there to the masses so that's something that i think does great um it's I guess financially you have to be there. And like, like I said, you have to have the willingness to do it because when I think of any other game that's published by a small company, I don't think I can like recall one that has had such a impact in the media recently, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And that's what, that's what you have to do, unfortunately. But you know, now I feel like every year we have huge AAA games coming out. If not every month, then every other month. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And it's just, it's hard to keep up in that kind of uh, environment. Yep. Yep. It, it Unless it's really people is. like our Discord group, you know, who we all love indie games except for one. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> looking at you, Big Papa. Yep. Um, looking at you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, like, there's, there's always like a sea of these big AAA games that often aren't very good. Like, they're very just meh and tears of the kingdom (laughs) (laughs) and uh you get these really excellent indie games that are just completely overlooked because of you know tears of the kingdom um 
yeah, so I guess uh, the next place I want to kind of take a look at is why do you think that 2023 has been so full of, of indie games? Is there, like, do you think there's any sort of, like, reason why this has just been a, such a strong year for, like, these, these you know, smaller games? So I don't <coughs> have an answer for that without asking a question first, and is it is it that there's more indie games coming out or is it that we're so much more aware of them coming out because we do have this little community that we've built up and we all check game pass regularly and steam and all this shit like there's now there's more what's the word there's more mm, important indie games coming out like ones that more of us could care about potentially but it's like you are right. 2023 has been chock full of them, and I cannot keep up, dude. I yeah, Every no, time I sign so on many. to Game Pass, it's, it's fucking ridiculous, man. But I, I really don't know. Like, I feel like when I thought about 2022, you know, it had a lot of indie games too, but maybe that's just where we're at now. Like, maybe indie games are getting more opportunities to be recognized. Yeah, I um, think so. I and, think, and I think the, the, the Game Pass thing. I, I, I really so do big. think it, it's it's a huge boon for these super small studios. Like, just for instance, uh, what was the game I was just looking at? Uh, well, Hi-Fi Rush was kind of, like you know, admittedly yeah. that's not technically an indie game, but, like, on Game Pass immediately, yep. you know? Uh, a unique <coughs> experience. Like, that's kind of the point of these indie games, and I think Hi-Fi Rush captured that perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Inculinati is another one. I, I yep. think I think I said that right. Um, but yeah, and and even like something like Season was pushed pretty heavily by Sony in some of their showcases, um, as as late as like last year. So yeah, I I think that like Game Pass has has definitely been a boon for that. And I think that like uh, I don't know if you remember this, but it was two or three years ago there was like a sort of um i'm trying to think of the word there was like a report that came out where like um like indie devs were like mad about like what sony was asking them to do to kind of put their game on the platform yeah, and they were like it's that. just easier to go to xbox and so like i you know you have xbox already pushing stuff through game pass but then you have sony who's like Oh, hey, no, 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 it's it's okay. You can you can come here. We we want you here too, and so they're they're press like pushing stuff like like I said like uh, um, what was the game, uh, season, or um, there was another one that I was just on the store looking at. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. Any anyway, stuff and things, things and stuff. Ugh. Okay, um, let's. Let me ask you this. Um, do you think that we can see an indie game win game of the year? Oh, dude, I think I would cry. Um, yes. I mean, short answer, yes. But I think... <sighs> you could argue, you could maybe make the argument that It Takes Two was an indie I game. I thought about that. Who pub- who made that? Uh, EA. Yeah. 
or it was a team within EA. It was that Joseph. That's what I thought. Uh, but it is Ferenc a smaller guy. game. Yeah, and much that's smaller. where my first thought gravitated towards is that if it takes two can win, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that game, but when you look at the past five years, who's one game of the year, and you see it takes two sitting there, yeah. it's the black sheep. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so my answer is yes, and my first thought gravitates towards that. But I feel like the further we go in terms of, I mean, year by year, I think indie games make more of an impact on the community as a whole. So, yes, but it's going to take that. I, I hate to say it. Cult of the Lamb had some good marketing. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, that could have. I don't think it could have won game of the year in the year that it came out, but it could have posed a chance if it came out on a slower year, maybe. Um, but it's going to take great marketing like Hades had. Like, if you can, first off, put your shit on Game Pass because that's going to open it up for so many more people to play. Um, give it some good marketing, too. Like, show it off. Pay people on Twitch to play it. Um I, I, I can't speak from the marketing side to know what kind of money you have to drop for that to make an impact, but I think in recent years, we've truly seen indie games take a stride towards being able to win Game of the Year. Oh, yeah. Um, I think if Ori would come out, like if there was an Ori... Th I know it can't happen in terms of how the um, story ended without spoilers, but it's like if an Ori three were to come out and they would market it correctly with the beautiful story, or maybe just not even Ori, right? Whatever Moon Studios does next with the fan base that they built from Ori and how I know, like how meticulously invested they are into crafting their worlds and the art style that you know goes in tandem with it. They could win Game of the Year if they truly put the same passion that they put in the two Ori games into their next project. Oh, yeah. But it it's just you you have to get it out there to the players that are beyond you and me. You have to sell it to the Austins. You know what I mean? Yep. You have to sell it to the people who aren't interested in a lot of these indie games. Like, you've won me over. I think I'm an indie gamer for life just because, like, I have – look at this year, for example – I think indie games are so cool because they spread by word of mouth. Justin gave me two this year that left such a huge impact on me. And there's so many more out there waiting just to be found for everyone. You know, more and more people are starting to play games now and everyone's going for these big titles, but the fun is here waiting to be had in all the indie games. And it's like the more people that start to see that, the more of a chance it has in the coming years to definitely stand out as a contender for game of the year. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to... Uh, one of these days, it's, uh, an indie game is definitely going to win our game of the year. Whether yes. or not it's <laughs> yes. able to get like a, a game awards type thing, uh, you know, we'll see. That's Right. It, when does Hades 2 come out? Uh, I think it's going to be in early access later this year. Okay. Uh, 1.0 will probably be, I assume, sometime next year. I gotcha. Okay. I forgot about that until just now. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There's another merch idea. Just a hoodie that says, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Um, 
Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we've exhausted most of the questions that I had. Did you have anything that you wanted to, like, poach? No, because to be honest, I didn't read the doc up until 10 minutes before joining this podcast. So you actually asked a lot of the questions that I wanted to cover. Um, I think I don't have anything more insightful, but I, I do like the one on here of like, are there any that stick out in you? I've, oh, I've spoken yeah, yeah. enough. Like what, what are some of your favorites? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I've spoken at length about, you know, Hades, you know, when we did that for our game of the year awards in 2020, um, I was very, very vocal about my love of, um, citizen sleeper and, uh, immortality last year. Yeah. I think those games are excellent. Um, Inside from 2016. Inside is a fucking oh, yeah. fantastic game. Is Dead by Daylight technically indie? Um, I don't know. I I would probably call it something. Uh, I don't know. I would I would probably put it somewhere in the realm of like double A games. Um, technically, Behavior is is an independent studio, but I just when I think of this game like i don't think of it as like i feel you i know what you're saying um what's what's so let me ask you this what's one that you haven't spoken about in in depth uh that's actually i was just looking like i was trying to think of like games that i know that i've played but i can't like think of off the top of my head uh one of them that immediately um jumped out was what remains of edith finch i played that last year yeah i remember that what a goddamn game. Um, Cuphead. Cuphead's fucking excellent. Uh, Outlast, dude. Oh, Outlast is a fucking oh, wild yeah. time, dude. I like all three. Well, uh, yeah, all three of those games. I was about to say, technically, the Whistleblower is a standalone game, so technically you could consider it four. Um, but yeah, man. Um Oxenfree, uh, Oxenfree Two actually comes out later this year. I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a ton that like I just uh, I, I if if you gave me like a, a a good like hour to just go down and and talk about games that I've played that were like indie like Doki Doki Literature Club. That's another yeah. one. Gone Home. I know I've spoken it at length about that fucking game. That's one of the games that like kind of made me sort of, I, I don't want to say realize that like kind of like, you know, LGBTQ people were just the same as like straight people or whatever. It, it, that wasn't the case. Cause I kind of always believe that, but it was one of the first ones that like, I got the impression that like people cared if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this one, but Into the Breach is a super fun game. It's like a tactical... Uh, how do I want to describe it? It's like a tactics-based like mech game. I think Austin would fucking dig the shit out of it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, there are like a ton that I could probably just run through and be like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, um, that's what I was trying to do to see if there's any that stand out that I haven't talked about a lot but most of the ones i love so much i have like ori yeah, we, and stardew 
Yeah, for um, sure. This, like the swapper in Kentucky Route Zero this year from uh, Justin were incredible. Neon White, I think that won my game of the year last year. Right? <coughs> yep, yep, that was yeah. your number one pick. Yeah, small games like Pokemon. Um, yeah. Then there's the yeah, <laughs> very small um, games like Pokemon. Yeah, uh, but I do love games like Cat Quest. Like I know they're very basic, but it's a fucking great time. It's yeah. super cute. Um, did you see the the new Cat Quest at the I did. showcase? I was, I was so hyped, excited. and they clarified that it's going to be Cat Quest three too. So you know, get nice. hyped. Um, uh, Castle Crashers super. I feel oh, like it's yeah. underrated. Um, Dust and Elysian Tale, like that's such a fun game. Um, but yeah, everything else I've talked about a lot. Yeah, Geometry Wars indie. Um, who, who made that shit? I, don't I forget. Know. It started in PGR F- Project Gotham Racing, right? Oh. As a little. Sorry, I just found another one that like. Kaylin, yours I is. Just... What is that? It's more important oh, than Geometry uh, Wars. Overcooked. Oh, yeah. You, Overcooked you, fucking, you fucking almost sold me on that shit. That shit is so much fun. It's also frustrating as all hell. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, oh, oh. Um, we'll be seeing a game from them this year, unless it got delayed and I don't know about it. Uh, fucking Team Ch- Not Team Cherry. That's the fucking dev. Uh, Hollow Knight. Oh, yeah. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight's a great one. Yep. Uh, rest in peace, Silk Song. It'll come out one day. Yep, <coughs> in ten years. Yes. Huh? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, I guess let's uh, let's get to what we've been playing, and we can wrap this bad boy up. Like a condom. Mm, I've been playing Dead by Daylight. Um, How'd that go? Oh, really? Shocker. By yeah. that indie studio. By that indie studio. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this is just, I guess this is my monthly DVD update. Um, just the patron episodes are going to be your DVD episodes. Right. (laughs) Uh, so I've been, I've been playing, um, and, uh, you know, it's good. Good times. (laughs) (laughs) No, they, they've introduced a lot of, um, new stuff that (sighs) I don't know how I feel about to be honest with you. Like, I understand why some of these changes were made and why they're in the game, but they still frustrate me. Like, just for instance, like, they changed the speed at which um, you heal yourself with, or, yes, the speed at which you heal uh, yourself and others with medicates. And now it takes you healing yourself forever and as someone who plays solo queue and doesn't really do survival oh, friends all that much, God. it is a fucking pain in my actual ass to do <laughs> literally anything after I've been like, hit once. And it's Dude, super frustrating. That is so bad because you used to, like, I saw your games being played like no one fucking bothered to even come heal you. Yeah, dude, and everyone's super selfish in, in solo queue. I like I'm not trying to act like that's not a an issue, but like bruv, bruv, come the fuck on. What are we doing here? Um they've made some tweaks to some of the other perks too. Uh and they're for the I think it's the 13th 
I think is what it is for next month. They're doing the anniversary stuff where they're not only launching the anniversary event where you'll get like um, the special cakes, uh, XP cakes, but also um, I believe they're rolling out another update for for stuff. Um, and then you've got the the new killer in the PTB right now. Uh, I believe that he'll be out um, sometime in June. Is that Poss- Nick Cage? No, Nick Cage is coming later. This one gotcha. is um, the new killer is called the Singularity. Uh, that add-on pack or whatever you want to call it is coming with the Singularity plus another survivor, which I I haven't actually messed with the survivor and. I don't think. Hang on. Uh, I need to look into this singularity DBB content pack. Um, oh well, this is my first time seeing it. Yeah, it's kind of it's really kind of interesting. That is not what I expected. It looks. Um, what does it look like? It looks like what's that guy that used to make the fucking uh, oh, Lovecraft? It looks like a fucking Lovecraft C three PO. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's that's pretty fucking funny. I can totally see that. That's <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I guess there actually isn't a survivor with this one. I, th- I could have swore I read somewhere that there was, but I don't know. Um. Yeah. So I. I don't know. It's. It's coming soon. I'm pretty excited about it. Um. But I'm also very much. Um. Just. I don't know. I. I. I don't know, man. Like there are so many things that they have. That they have done to. I feel like almost like punish solo queue players, and like. The only people that I play with are, I, I mean, really you. I well, I've been playing with Bren a lot recently, and and Bren's a pretty good, um, pretty good about not uh, running killers directly to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I I very rarely get to play with other people, and because of that, it's it's it can get. It's not always, but it can get very frustrating because, like, as much as I, I say that I'm playing it for fun, I am, like, I'm very competitive, I, and I know that I am. And so, like, when I get in there and I'm playing the game, I want to win. I don't care if I lose some of them or, hell, even, like, most of them. But, like, there was a day uh, weeks ago um, where I was playing and literally every match that I played, I was like either the first or the second one dead. Ooh. And, and it was so frustrating. That's a bad mental health day. <laughs> so, um, and I feel like, I feel like the stuff that behavior is doing to implement changes to bring, you know, gameplay to where it needs to be to, to balance it for everyone is leaving out the fact that solo queue people don't benefit from the same things that like the killers do or the survive with friends people do. Um, and they need to make some changes to, to make it a viable and fun place. Like it's, it's not that it's not fun. 
it's just that like I don't know. Like I said, there are days where it's like, okay, why the fuck am I even playing this? You know what I mean? Yep. So, I don't know. Good times. Um, I'm ready for Chapter 28 uh, to hit in June. Um, so, yeah. Good stuff. Um, fuck, I forgot I put Destiny on here. Um, I guess that's what my patron talk will be. Uh Ooh. Destiny's new, dude. I'm not even gonna fucking go in depth on this. I'm playing Destiny again. Uh, new season just dropped. Season of the Deep, season 21. We got our first look at what's to come in the future at the PlayStation Showcase, which is going to be bringing Cade Six back in a Taken form. It appears to me, so that's pretty cool. Cade Six is my boo. Love that. Love that he's coming back. Do you Probably. think that they um, that they had to do I, that because of Zavala's death, dude? literally the next sentence out of my mouth was about to be like, I feel like they did this because of daddy Zavi dying. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, cause that, that does suck, but I'm very grateful that Kate's coming back because he was my favorite in the fucking tower, dude. Um, yeah. So very grateful. And I'm a hunter main. So of course I need my fucking coach back. Fuck the drifter. You would be a fucking hunter main. It was Warlock for a long time, dude, but I am no longer that. <laughs> I just love the speed of the fucking Hunters, man. I like jumping yeah. and sprinting everywhere. Um, also, the armor is better. Fucking uh, PlayStation. Anyway, anyway, playing Destiny. It's great. And I'm playing FIFA 23 because that's on Game Pass. And that's fun because I like soccer. And my team just won the Premier League and we're about to win the Champions League. So, there you go. Hey. Hey. Soccer times. Yep. Soccer times. <clears throat> All right. Um, you know what I stopped playing? What? I stopped playing Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. Uh, hey, look at that. Whoa. Isn't it interesting that that's what I've been playing? What? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mind-blowing. Mind-blown. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Um. I want to preface everything that I'm saying by uh, this is my opinion, and you are allowed to have yours. Do well, not at me. Fucking saying what I say. Um, I understand why this game is getting heaps and heaps <laughs> of praise on it. I think that a lot of the things that people have praised about it are incredibly interesting and frankly fun things uh i think that building like i love seeing the tiktoks and like the youtube videos and stuff like that of like people who have like i don't know i saw one the other day that i i sent it to austin and i was like neon genesis zelda or something like that because they basically built like this gigantic mech and yeah. we're like rolling up on people and i was like that's so cool i'm so glad that people are fucking doing this um, I've seen like people rolling in on tanks. I've seen like fucking like AC one thirties and shit, you know, like people are getting really creative <laughs> with it and it's fucking awesome. Like, did I'm you s- see, did you see the one with the Korok on oh a fucking God. glider? And yes. it said the second tower just hit. <laughs> God, dude. Like what the fuck, man? People are, <laughs> people are wilding out with that shit. Oh, I um, 
fucking cried for 16 minutes, dude. Oh, shit is. Yeah. <laughs> They're mining all kinds of content out of it. And it's fucking great. Um, I really, really do think that like the ability to go into any kind of like, uh, you know, shrine or um, even just like out in the world map, you, you know, you come across like a um, like a not a village, but like a little like enemy stronghold or whatever. And you can literally go and just do whatever you like want with regards to um, how to how to approach those situations. You like you don't necessarily have to use the solutions that that Nintendo has kind of presented to you. And like I've seen, isn't people, that the best? It's it's fucking wonderful. It's it's fantastic. And like I wish more games would do that. I wish Redfall would actually fucking do that. You know? Yeah. Um. But I just find this game so fucking boring. Like, I don't know what it is. I genuinely don't know what it is. But, like, I cannot, I cannot bring myself to play it. Like, I was sitting in bed the other day, and I was like, I'm just, okay, I'm going to play Zelda while we put on something, and it'll be good. I'll be getting, like, two things done at once, whatever. And then five minutes into the thing that we were watching, I think it was probably Ted Lasso or something, I just put my switch down. I was like, I don't, I don't want to play this. I don't want to do this. I'm more invested in Ted Lasso, which uh, I can't wait till next week where we'll pr- almost definitely talk about it. I am not at all impressed with season three of Ted Lasso. Like it has been totally and completely mediocre at best, completely and totally mediocre. And I was more interested in watching fucking Ted Lasso than I was playing Zelda. That's, Actually, it's fucking reassuring, dude, because I spoke highly of it in my initial, uh, what's the word, honeymoon phase with the game. Yeah. And uh, aesthetically, it's beautiful, and I oh, yeah. have enjoyed like my time with the puzzles and shit, but I am so right there with you and the fact that I'm just bored, dude. Like, I don't want to play it. Yeah, I, I genuinely... Like, I, I, I don't know what it is about the game that, like, I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is specifically that's turning me off so bad, but something is there, and it's very real. Yeah. I mean, God, that makes me feel better, because I was just using it to run around and fucking play Puzzle Simulator, dude. I was just finding yeah. shrines and completing them. That's all I was doing. Literally, I th- and I think that that's part of the problem for me is uh, i mean i've i've said this before on this show i've said it before in videos i'm i'm sure i'll say it again but when it comes time for me to play um any game that's open world that has like a gigantic map and has a ton of stuff for you to do my brain says do everything My brain says go to every shrine, go to every enemy stronghold, go to every side quest, every main quest. Do everything in the game. And Breath of the Wild, as much as I really did enjoy that game, um, already had that problem. And now there's this game 
which is both that entire overworld of Hyrule, a super high in the sky, you know, different, I, I don't know what I want to call it. Super like, archipelago. Yeah. That has all kinds of extra stuff to go on top of it. And then like Dylan, or like Austin explained, I think it was last week. Um, there's an entire underworld also. Yeah. The fucking nethers down there. And I'm like, I already had a hard time playing breath of the wild. How in the actual fuck am I supposed to play this? Like, I don't know. Um, I'm going to continue to try to give it a, a shot and I'm going to try to continue to like, kind of like chip away at it. But um, I'm not, I'm not feeling great about it. Yep. I, and I'm really I'm not really... feeling great about its chances for a game of the year. If I'm being totally honest with you, uh, at least agreed. for us, yep. like it'll probably make our top five because Austin will be gunning for it. Right. But like, <laughs> Uh, unless something drastic fucking changes, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see this game even breaking my top five. I agree one hundred percent. As of right now, I don't think it's. It might be at number five, just because I don't can't remember the other four, easily. But yeah, it's not fucking. It's not leaving an impact that I wanted it to leave. Yeah. When it comes time for us to record that episode, I'll pick it up the day before just so I can get a refresher. I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at our the list trade in right value. Now. Oh, and let's see, Resident Evil Four, Wanted Dead, Will Long, Hi-Fi Rush. All right, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it would technically be um, in my top five as of right now, but that's just because I've played literally four other games and it would be at number four like it wouldn't be beating wolong it wouldn't be beating resident evil 4 it wouldn't be beating hi-fi rush yep uh we'll see what comes out and i know that that like um i i know that that's that's gonna piss so many people off but like i just i don't i i don't know what it is maybe maybe there's something wrong with me maybe i know because i can't play it either I don't know. Maybe people anyway. also like fucking sucking Nintendo's dick. Yeah, it's not that. It's not anyway. We're gonna fucking lose everyone. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, it. okay, yeah, bye bye yep. now. They had a great indie show, <laughs> but then they fucking dropped the ball. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would even put one or dead above it. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that game's so fucking weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's get to our picks of the week and then we'll get out of here. POWs. <coughs> My ah. pick of the week is Heat. Go watch it. Stellar fucking movie. My pick of the week is an album that I learned about. So this week I have been, uh, what's the word? Honest, I've said that so many fucking times and I've been... Be- Stop. I've become more and more aware of it as the show's gone on, but I keep saying, what's the word? And I don't know why that's been my fucking tick this show, but it has been. So anyway, um, I have been on, not sabbatical, (laughs) been on vacation at another place of employment for just a week. 
for just a week um, to do some training. And at said, said, said place, got to talk to some new people, and new people recommended me some music. So as such, of course I listened, because we all know I like music. Um, <clears throat> and she recommended me an album by a band that I had not heard of. And the band is Sleep Token, and the album is Take Me Back to Eden, which came out this year. Um, came out recently, I believe. Um, I'd never heard of Sleep Token until this, and I I asked her, I was like, what kind of music is it? And she was like, oh, it's rock. And I said, oh, okay. And I, you know, we left conversation at that. I walked away, and as I was walking away, I was like, what is rock in 2023? Right. Like, I, I genuinely have no idea what rock is in 2023. Um, and I had zero clue what to expect going into this album, and I'm glad that that was the case because the music that I listened to was very unique to itself. And that's not a bad way or, or I wouldn't be recommending it right now. Like it was, I feel like it's modern rock with a unique cadence to it that kept me listening and wondering what was coming next. Um, my favorite song that I've listened to thus far, I believe is called granite. So if you're going to, single out a song from this album please choose that one um but it's just really awesome man and i love the lead singer's uh i i guess his overall tone like it sounds really mm -hmm. good and i was just blown away by this album so please check that out as of right now i think it might be my album of 2023 i think yeah i literally we we're talking about this before the show started um i had a buddy reach out to me either last night or the night before and he was telling me to to check it out or whatever i had never heard of these people before yeah and, and so i was listening to it on my way uh to get like vitamins and stuff for kayla um on my you know before we started recording and like <clears throat> i don't even know what to classify it as because there are hints of like so many different subgenres in there. There's like there's techno, there's like fucking like there's even death metal elements. Yeah. And death yeah. metal. It's fucking wild, dude. But and it's it good. works. It totally it works. It really does, man. It's like um, I like I was picking up subtle undertones of like imagine if Post Malone was a rock star and he it's he kind of uses a similar cadence as Post Malone does in a lot of his current lyrics. Yeah. Like where he's more rappy and I was like this just fucking works, dude. Like it was, it's a really good album. Yeah, it's really interesting. If you, Experimental if you rock. Place, definitely check it out. Yeah. All right, bye. All right, that's it. That is all we have time for. Um, fuck the patrons. Yeah, fuck the patrons. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Um. As always, you can find us on social media for all things culture pop, hiding fix, and the culture pop family of content. You can find Culture Bop on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash culture bop. You can find me uh, on Twitter at the Bebopman102, on Instagram at Bebopman102, and on Twitch where I have recently changed my name. And I'm actually probably going to put this under Culture Bop now. Uh, you can go to twitch.com slash culture bop. Um, or not twitch.com twitch.tv slash culture uh i have streamed two of the last three days 
Um, I did the, the little PlayStation showcase, and then today I streamed some DVD because my boss let me off early, and it was cool. So uh, come check it out. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, all at OMDizzy. And finally, we have the man who decided that he didn't want to show up because uh, he loves his kids and wife more than he loves us. Ugh. Just, just like... Fucking disgusting. Man. And now he's fucking jellyfish. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> you'll, you'll see the discord. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, M- Mr. Big Papa himself, Austin, he is available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at Big Papa Plays. So go check him out. And lastly, but certainly not least, we have our patrons who we love dearly. And uh, oh. if you would like to, well, I love some of them dearly. Yeah. Mainly, Three. Mainly you. Um, Thank you. Hey, listen, we're self-funded over here, uh, and it uh, you know it zaps our our wallets to keep the show up and running, but it doesn't have to. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, <clears throat> well, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/CulturePop and toss us a pledge. We got some really awesome stuff going on over there. Um. I'm going to uh, start running uh, exclusive um, tournaments for the uh, for the um, patrons to decide what topic uh, I'm going to cover in videos. So that'll be fun. Um, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on that I'm changing up over there. Uh, so come check it out. And uh, you can say hi to all of the wonderful patrons that already exist. Mr. Justin Neon Violet Ruiz, Tani Blue Knight Sulman, Jeffrey, what the fuck does that say? Krobus? Yep. Okay, Krobus Ciarto, Bryn Ori Woodham, Dylan Hornet Martin, and Austin B12 Stevens. <sighs> That's it. That was a quick one. Holy shit. We did good. Yeah, we didn't have dead weight uh, holding us back. That was mean. And I'm sorry, Austin, if you're listening to this. Uh, what am I? Fuck. Oh, that's what you meant. I, just, I was just nodding. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Austin doesn't Oops. listen to this. That's true. But also, I'm just joking. I love yeah. you, Austin. Sometimes. Yeah. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's the end of our show. So until next time. <laughs>